You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by Manscaped.com. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Sibiu, and I'm delighted to be joined on the line uh, by Metro Sports, Mike Stavrou. Mike, how you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good, mate. How are you? Yeah, not bad, mate. Not bad. Not bad at all. Um, decent win for the Arsenal. 4-1. Uh, it finished in the game between... Uh, Mikel Arteta's side and Mulder. Uh, Mulder gave us a little bit of a scare. They took the lead after 22 minutes, but fortunately uh, we were able to turn the game around with the th- with the help of a couple of own goals and a couple of goals from Pepe and Willock. Uh, Mike, first of all, what were your kind of overall thoughts of the performance of the game? And then we'll go on to talk about some uh, more specific points. Yeah, I thought overall we did we did all right. Got the job done. Wasn't thrilling, um, but I feel like in the last couple of Europa League games we've started. You sort of started to see what we're trying to do, and I feel like it's a little bit of a free hit with the, with Europa League at the moment because we're playing such lower level opposition than we're used to in the Premier League. And Arteta sort of saying, "Well, let's trial the sort of things that we want to do." And um, it's just coming up a little bit more free flowing than it is in some games in the league. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm sort of watching it with with good intent because it's like almost a, a snapshot of um, of what we could be doing going forward. And I think there's a lot to be excited about with some of the young players. I'm sure will come to come on to Willock, um, and I'm also sure that you will be ripping into your best mate Burn Leno at some point tonight as well. <laughs> let's uh, we'll, we'll talk about Ben Leno we'll talk about Willock as well um, let's start with the initial team selection that Mikel Arteta made I don't think there was many surprises in there I think it was pretty much nailed on that we were going to see a, a fairly strong side but a side made up of primarily players who didn't play against Manchester United because Mikel Arteta has made his intentions clear hasn't he with this Europa League competition he wants to get the job of qualification done as soon as possible and then maybe, just maybe, we'll see um, some sort of more, I'm not going to say outrageous changes, but maybe some more kind of decisions like taking risks and having a look at stuff. But beginning with the goalkeeper, Bern Leno was given the nod from the start. Now, I didn't think that Bern Leno would play tonight because... You know, it looked like we were waiting for Runarsson to to kind of settle in at Arsenal. Uh, had the game against Dundalk, in which I think he did okay. Look, granted, it was against Dundalk and all of that, but I thought that he would have played tonight. Were you surprised as well to see that Leno started this one? Yeah, I was very surprised. I was very surprised. I, I don't really understand why. Um, you know, who knows? Who knows? I thought I thought Runarsson was pretty solid. Against Dundalk, um, he he looked good. I think he needs the, the the game time to get acquainted with with his teammates, just in case the worst happens and uh, and Leno Leno can't play. But yeah, I thought um, Leno. I think he struggled tonight um, in in especially with that goal because you know it wasn't. 
I felt sorry for him a bit because just the way that it happened so quickly and the fact that none of the defenders in front of him reacted to, to, to the situation really didn't help him. But he also didn't help himself with his positioning, um, he, his late reactions to the shot as well. So, yeah, I, I, was, I was a little disappointed with him, but it wasn't as bad as, uh, as, as the Vienna game, let's just say that. Yeah, I agree with you there. The, the problem is now with Bern Leno, isn't it? That every time he makes a mistake, the spotlight is on him. And the spotlight is on him because there are a number of Arsenal fans, including myself, who probably at the time wondered if we'd sold the right goalkeeper. Um, I know Villa have had a couple of defeats now and, and the, the kind of narrative around Emi Martinez has very much changed. But, you know, Bern Leno is going to get stick when he makes mistakes because of that, because many fans feel that the wrong goalkeeper left the club. For me tonight, I think, you know, when he, in that situation, and, and they highlighted it on the BT Sport coverage at half-time, when he gets the ball back at his feet, you know, a couple of the players, most notably Granit Xhaka, are kind of gesturing to him, you know, to play it long, play it up the field. And I don't think he really does anything wrong there. I think Enketia, again, you can't really have a go at him. He's not going to win a header against a massive centre-half. That's That's clear. But I think, and again, as they highlighted on TV, I'm not trying to take the, the credit for this point because it was uh, pretty clear and it was highlighted by the pundits, by Martin Keown in particular. The, the defence, the back four never got back into shape quick enough. And that's kind of a problem with this whole thing of bringing your, your centre-backs into your own penalty area alongside you so that you can play the ball long um, and also that you can essentially suck people in before you then either pass your way around them or play the ball long. But it is a problem, and we didn't reset quick enough. It's a really good finish from the Mulder player. Um, a really, really good finish um, from Ellingson. And I don't, I don't want to take that away from him. Um, but Bern Leno, just, he, he takes too long to get his feet right, doesn't he? And, it, and in doing that, he makes it more difficult for himself to get across the goal. And... Look, it's a good effort. It's a good finish. It's it's from distance. Hats off to the player. But I want to see my goalkeeper saving those. Maybe I'm being too harsh. I don't know. Um, would, but um, I want to see my keeper saving would, that. Would Emmy have saved it, Harry? Oh, you can't say that for uh, 100%, can you? No, but, I'm joking. No, I'm joking. I mean, Leno gets beaten from distance fairly often, I would say. Yeah. And... That's kind of my issue. Is it a, is it a concentration thing? Is it a, doesn't get his feet right in time? Is that what it is? Is it is it? I don't know. I, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know what the answer is. Um, but it is it is a bit of a concern. Look, I'm not going to go overboard on it. And you know, in a game like this, you you still feel that Arsenal have enough to turn it around, and so we shouldn't really uh, kind of lose our shit about it. But it is. Um, you know, it is worth discussing. And, and I think that a lot of the people who kind of thought that Bern Leno had turned the corner completely after the game against Manchester United will probably now be sitting there thinking, well, those mistakes are still in him. Yeah, I mean, I'm just going to point out what, um, what just reading the live comments, True Guna spot on pretty much. He's saying, look, um, the Emmy situation is done. Um you know, he's not a keeper. We, we've sold him back Leno, essentially. And I, I, I agree because I'm sort of sick of it. Like every single time that Bern Leno makes a mistake, which will happen because he's a goalkeeper and when he makes a mistake, it leads to a goal. 
um are we gonna say oh you we we made the wrong decision because um, ultimately we got 20 million pounds for our backup keeper that 20 million pounds allowed us to go out and get one of our top targets thomas party and that's that that's the end of it and as as i've said before uh to you harry i think that leno has been such a big you know savior for us over the past two seasons i'm i'm obviously fully backing him but in the same instance, I did really want to see Ron Arson play tonight because then it's like, why on earth did we sign this guy if we're not even going to play him? And he's had a, a decent game in the Europa League before. That that part I don't understand. But on, on Leno again, yeah, I do think he should have saved it. But, you know, as you said, we had enough in the tank to turn the game around. So it shouldn't be the, the, the prime focus for us. Yeah, agreed. It shouldn't be the prime focus. It is worth discussing, I think, because it... It was, in my view, a mistake. And, you know, that's what we do. We, we look back at the game. We discuss the key moments. That certainly was a key moment in the game. So I think it's well worth touching upon. But you're right. It's not something we should be dwelling on. It's not something to beat Bern Leno with. Um, but it is just a, a, a quick reminder of the fact that those things do happen with Bern Leno. And, and we should be aware of that. Uh, let's go over to some of the live comments before we move on. Uh, big hello to everybody who's joining us at the moment. I can see uh, there's over 110 of you watching us at the minute. If you haven't already, make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. Um, and uh, big hello to everybody who watches this back later on as well, because I'm sure that's how the majority of you will be tuning in. Um, let's see what else we've got here. Um, Nikizi says, uh, Oi, Harry, what did you think? Oi, Harry, you know. Um, Oi, Harry, what did you think of... <laughs> what did you think of Pepe today? Um, I, I knew that was going to come up um, because Nicolas Pepe is... is I don't know if I want to say struggling. I feel like he looks like he's lacking in confidence at the moment. And I do feel sorry for him because he's come to the club with this huge price tag, which is no fault of his own. It's added pressure on him to perform. Um, he scored last week in the game against Dundalk. Scored again today. Played a couple of decent passes. But are you still expecting a little bit more from him, Mike? Because I certainly am expecting a little bit more. And um, whilst at this level he looks pretty good and he looks like you know he can do a job and he does whatever people say about his performance, he does contribute goals, he does contribute assists like we saw for the Joe Willett goal, you're still, I'm still sceptical of whether or not he can play at the Premier League level and whether he's ready for that yet. Yeah, I mean, I've got to agree with you. I, I was getting very frustrated with him in, in the first half because I feel like, you know, we've seen him do it and we saw him when he was in Liga uh, and he was absolutely destroying, you know, that league because it is, it is generally, you know, lower than, than England. And you just think in these games, you know, Pepe, pick up the ball, you know, beat a, f a few players, get into the box. And I understand that's difficult when you're playing against a, a low block, but I just want to see a bit more. I just want to see a bit more explosiveness. I want to see him taking on players. I want to see him get to the byline. And sometimes he doesn't do that. And I don't really understand why. Um, I don't understand if that's a, a lack of confidence. It's definitely not a lack of ability. Um, but... Arteta has to find that. And obviously, you know, he's not showing 100% faith in him 
otherwise he'd be playing in, in the Premier League week in, week out, wouldn't he? And he's, he's, he's chosen to go with Willian a lot of times. But, you know, I'm not going to take away anything from from uh, his goal contributions tonight because, um, you know, he should have even had one more assist, shouldn't he? Because that, that goal was wrongly ruled out as, as offside. So, I don't want to go in too hard of it on him, especially when he has had a you know an overall good night. When you look at his uh, when you look at his contributions, but there is that frustrating element that I don't know how long it's really going to take for for him to get that out of him because he has had that transition year now. And then how much longer do, do we give him before we start saying I'm not sure? The problem is is that we've seen glimpses of what he can do, and I think that's why. As Arsenal fans, it's it's all the more frustrating because we're not talking about a player who's come to Arsenal and never at any point produced excellent moments. Nicolas Pepe has produced lots of excellent moments and, and it's those excellent moments that then make you even more frustrated when he doesn't produce because you know that the ability is there. You know he can go past players with ease. You know he's got a wonderful left foot. He can pick out that top corner with... You know, with great accuracy, we've seen him do it on a number of occasions. He can take a set piece, um, you know, so that makes it all the more frustrating. The fact that he doesn't do it regularly for me it is what I find, you know, hard to deal with. I, you know, if he was someone that came to the Emirates and you look at him and you go, actually, you know what, this guy's just not good enough. You obviously you're disappointed and you're frustrated, but you just look at it and you go, well, it is what it is, and you, and you can move on. But with Nicolas Pepe, every now and again, he gives you a little something. He gives you a little bit of hope that actually he can go on to become this incredible player for Arsenal. And that's why I think as fans, we're, we're kind of like pulling our hair out uh, when it comes to him. That's how I feel anyway. Um, big thank you to True Guna for your kind donation. Um, lots of you talking about Willock in the comments. We're going to come to that um, in a minute because uh, Willock was, was fantastic tonight. Um, and I definitely want to discuss that. Uh, quick reminder, if you haven't already, smash the like button. Um, subscribe to the channel if you are new. Um, obviously, Arsenal found their way back into the game uh, through an own goal. Um, as you mentioned, Mike, we did have a goal ruled out just a couple of minutes before that that was completely legitimate. Not sure um, what the linesman's seen there. I don't know if he thinks that Willock's the one that's put it in. Um, you can probably understand maybe why he thought that if you're down at pitch level by the side of the pitch. But obviously we had the benefit of the replays and it was clear it was Eddie and Ketia to put that in. Didn't really do us damage in the end, so I don't want to dwell on that. Let's move on to the performance of Joe Willock because for the second European game in a row, um, Joe Willock, I thought, absolutely ran the show. Um, you know, got into those advanced positions, um, constantly making runs from midfield into the penalty area, playing in between the lines, pulling people out of position and, and having an impact in the final third. I thought it was fantastic again. Yeah, I mean, isn't that what we've been crying out for? That creativity from midfield and that, you know, ability to unsettle defenders by pulling them out of position. Because really, when you're looking at that, at, at that Mulder defence, they're not expecting Willock to burst through from midfield. And he just offers you that that dynamism that we're so often lacking in, in our team. You know, that third man run um, from deep, that's going to go beyond the strikers and, and give them an option. Because... But one thing that, that you would say about a lot of our performances so far this season um, has been how static 
our, our players are and how fixated they are to their positions. We sort of have these like rigid movements that we that we do. You know, Arte, um, Arteta wants Aubameyang to, uh, to to run, you know, across his defender while Luis pings a ball into him in the back. A lot of our goals have come from that way. But if you actually look at it in terms of like the rotation of movements, it's not a lot. And that's what Willock offers. And I was thinking about this and I was like, surely now, um, after his performances last season as well, but given how well we started the Europa League campaign, he must be knocking on the door to start uh, in, in the Premier League soon. Yeah, I agreed. And apologies if uh, my, my connection just dipped off there uh, for a second. I'm not sure if, if Mike's continued coming through. Uh, so apologies for that if uh, you did experience any issues there. Uh, not sure what happened, but... When I came on, I could hear Mike still talking. So I'm assuming that you guys got that as well. Yeah, I, I mean, he is surely knocking on the door. I think you're absolutely right to make that point. The problem is here, um, when it comes to Joe Willick, is Mikel Arteta probably feels like in a Europa League game, um, he can he can get away with doing that, with having that midfielder who has that little bit of extra license to get forward. But when we're playing in the Premier League and when we're playing in a you know, that kind of more back three that shifts into a back five and and that system, maybe then he doesn't feel like a Willock or a player of Willock's profile is something that he can get away with. But at some point, for me, I think we do need to, to try and do that. We do need to try and be that little bit more um, aggressive going forward, a little bit braver in those situations. I'm not saying that I think Joe Willock should start every week in the Premier League, but it is a different option, isn't it? And I think when we're talking about why Joe Willock didn't move away this summer, it's probably because he is the only player with that profile. Would you agree? Yeah, I'm, I've, I think Arteta agrees. I was reading his um, his press conference before the game, and he said, um, you know, I think uh, Willock offers me things that some of the squad members don't and that's the the ability to to, to run from deep and and break the lines as, as we've discussed and obviously if if our testers noticed that um then that must be one of the key reasons why he wasn't sent out on loan because he actually plans to use him and maybe not just in the Europa League but in 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 the Premier League but even as, as an option off the bench you know if we're chasing a game um we need to change something at half time 60 minutes you want you know a more attacking midfielder then i mean i think he's he's the perfect option for that because he he offers you so much more than you know a a Mohamed El Nenny will or you know sometimes even Danny Sabalos but just mention Danny Sabalos quickly i thought he was a lot better tonight I think he looked uh, a lot sharper, was playing some really incisive balls. And that's that sort of freedom that, that we're talking about, Harry, that we just want to see Arteta um, allow. And we want to we want to see him like loosen the reins a little bit and say, actually, Ceballos, you know, encourage that creativity of his and encourage um, that, you know, that passing freedom so we can be a bit more progressive. Because you saw it in a few instances, um, where Ceballos picked up the ball, drove forward and was looking to you know play those balls inside to Pepe. Sometimes it didn't work, but sometimes it did. And breaking the lines is something we just struggled with. And I just want to see us, you know, take that. This, this is what I was mentioning about um, 
the Europa League is a bit of a, a, a bit of a testing ground because he can sort of, you know, play around with those those ideas what he wants to do. And, and even sometimes I saw Jaka uh, breaking beyond and like for the for the counter attack for uh, for our goal, he was you know one of the furthest players forward. So things like that he can ex- experiment with and then implement in the actual games in the Premier League. Yeah, I think you make some good points. Uh, Graham in the chat says, this is junior football. Let's calm down about Willock. He's never delivered in the first team. I think there is a degree of of accuracy to that. The fact that, you know, he hasn't ever delivered in in the Premier League when given the chance to that standard or, or with any level of consistency. I think you're absolutely right. I think that's a fair point. The issue here is, though, for me, when I look at Joe Willock, and I go back to what I said already, it's not about me looking at a player and saying this kid has got unbelievable ability and has to be in the side. That's not the case. It's more a case of, like I said, we don't have anybody else in his type of profile. We don't have another midfielder like, as Mike said, wants to get in between the lines, wants to expose those spaces, make life uncomfortable for centre-halves because not only are they worrying about the forwards, they've then got someone running from deep as well. Credit to Mulder though, because I thought up until we scored, they did a really, really good job of, of blocking that space between the lines. And the way they did that, and it's something that I made a note of when I was watching the game because it was so abundantly clear, was their midfield was dropping so deep. There was no space between the midfield and the defence of Mulder. And it was hard to get into those areas as a result of that. And that's what made their block so effective in the early stages of the game. So um, credit to them as well. And I think a lot of people look at this competition and they say, well, you know, it's the UEFA Europa League. We're going to play against Farmers most weeks. And, and you know, there is a case to be made that, yeah, Arsenal are going to play teams that we're far superior to. But these teams are talented teams as well. And, you know, you will get caught cold at times if you don't perform. And Arsenal didn't really perform for the first half an hour or so. And that's why we found ourselves a goal down. And that's why, um, you know, we struggled to get back into the game. Thankfully, a couple of own goals helped us out. Um, own goal came at a really key time at the end of the first half to level things. And then from there, it was it was a different ball game. But you know, I don't buy this this thing of all of the teams in the Europa League are crap and you can go there and you have unknowns and a bunch of unheard ofs and get, get away with it every time. You will be punished at moments. I'm not saying that these teams will have enough necessarily to take the lead and then maintain that lead for an entire 90 minutes as we saw with Mulder tonight. But they are capable of producing moments and if you give away sloppy opportunities, you can be punished. Nine points out of nine so far in this group, um, which is which is really, really good. Um, another win and we, we'll probably be qualified. And then, Mike, would you expect Mikel Arteta maybe to take his foot off the gas a little bit? Or do you think in Mikel Arteta's view, it's about creating this winning culture and he'll just want to continue the way we're going? Yeah, that. And also, our squad is so big now that, I mean, a lot of the players that, that we saw tonight are not going to be starting in, in the Premier League and they need game time to be happy because otherwise they're just going to be playing um, and also you have to consider the fact that you know there's a lot of games coming up there's another international break which means players will get injured so then you need players to be sharp so players like Kolasinac, uh, Mustafi, Maitland-Niles 
you know, these these are players that have not been playing in the Premier League and they need this competition to have that sharpness. And even like Pepe, he's not been playing in the Premier League. So where's he going to get his confidence from? So I think it's a fine balance he, he, has to, he has to put in. I personally was disappointed when I saw there was no... Um, that there was no Balogun on the bench because because of uh, he did quite well last time when he came on against Dundalk. You know we've heard a lot about him. Um, he's 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 not signed a new contract yet, and I feel like this competition is a sort of you know uh, chance for him to to prove his worth. And you know when we're four one up, bring him on and, and and see what he can do. So I was disappointed in that sense. Um, Emil Smith Rowe, I think. Is is he recently come back from an injury or? or yeah, he's or, not fit. Like he's that? not fit. He's yeah. not fit. So, but and when he is fit, I think again, you know, that's another avenue we need to be looking at because again, another player we've seen in flashes that that's been really good. Uh, went out on loan last season. Now he's back. We we want to see him play. We want to see if if he can offer something to this squad because you know he's he's a creative midfielder and that's that's what we desperately need. So I feel like that the competition is built for that. But also, it's about it's, it's about finding the balance and um, and keeping those sort of fringe players happy for me. Yeah, exactly, and and, and maintaining that winning mentality, that winning culture, and keeping that going. What I kind of like about Mikel Arteta is that everybody's there, and what I mean by that is all the big guns are there. They're all on the bench. They're all involved in the in the evening, and you know previous managers, uh, I don't really want to mention names, used to leave these players completely out uh, of games like this. And I think that the fact that the squad are now always together for every game, um, I think that helps. I think that builds team spirit. I think it's nice. I think it's um, it's creating a culture, as Mikel Arteta would say, uh, that will be helpful in the longer term. Um have your questions in the live comments. We'll pick up a couple of questions uh, before we wrap up as well. We'll be coming back to you uh, tomorrow uh, at about midday um, with uh, player ratings after this one and uh, another little discussion. So uh, make sure you subscribe to the channel if you're not. Uh, and we'll be uh, we'll be doing that tomorrow as well. Uh, but get your questions in. Let's have a look at some of your questions uh, before we sign off this evening. Um, I've just see, spotted a super chat there. Um, True Guna, thank you so much, mate, for your very, very kind donation. He says, we need to build around him, make him a focal point. I assume you're talking about, um, I don't know if you're talking about Pepe or Willock here. I think I'm looking at the Pepe. comments. Yeah, I'm looking at the comments around it. And I think it was talking about Pepe. If you are talking about Pepe, I'm not sure that we've seen enough from Nicolas Pepe to warrant building a team around him. I mean, I think that that he's he's shown flashes at times of, of what he can do. I think that we all agree that prior to coming to Arsenal, he was a player who was uh, very well thought of. Jeremy Aliadier was on the podcast um, earlier in the week and he was speaking very, very highly of what... Um, of what Nicolas Pepe did in France prior to coming here. Um, and he said that he, in his view, the player just needs a bit of guidance. But I, I you know, I look at him, as I said, I, I see things from him and I think, yeah, th there's something to work with there. But we can't, in my view, start trying to build a team around someone who doesn't perform frequently. What Do you agree with that, Mike? Or, or are you on the side of True Guna here? 
I mean, I sort of understand where, where he's coming from. And I definitely feel like we could try a few different things with Pepe rather than just sticking him on that right wing and saying, you know, give it a go. But and again, it's, it's it's also just the way that Arteta wants to play in, in, in the Premier League. Uh, first and foremost, as I said, it's a very rigid structure. He has... He has players in roles to to perform very, you know, set roles. And obviously that's not quite working for Pepe. But I think, you know, maybe try him on the left. I think when, when, he, when he played on the left tonight, he was slightly more effective. It seemed a little bit more natural for him because he wasn't trying to do too much. Um, wasn't as telegraphed when when he was trying to cut in all, all the time, and maybe you know trying for trying for the middle. It's not working at, at the moment with um with Lacazette. He's played there before. You know, it's something to try, and we need to give it a go. Um, but build around him, I don't think so. I, I as as you said, I don't think he warrants that just yet. But you know, as as I said, try a few different things and see what works because I think there is an untapped massive potential there and that's just sort of not being wasted at the moment, but I think we're not getting the best out of. Yeah, agreed. Uh, FX Entertainment says, Harry, I never thought I would say this. However, what a gem David Lewis is. I'm saying this because of this interview after. I haven't seen that because we jumped on straight away, but I will check that out after this video. Um, he says, amazing for the young players. What an asset. When is the next fan show, mate? Um, with the fan shows, just bear with me um, for another week or two because we were set a target of 10K subscribers We've hit that mark now um, and there are some significant things happening with the channel in the next few weeks. So bear with me and we're going to be putting out a completely new schedule um, of our shows, which means that we're going to be bringing you two shows a day um, and lots of other stuff as well. So just bear with me for another week or so um, while we get that all into place. And then I'm sure I'll be speaking to many of you on the fan show uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, thank you for that, mate. Uh, Avic says, man of the match will be Arteta with his halftime Mikel talk and that jacket. Mike, we've got to discuss that jacket. That was a fashion statement and a half. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I did. It, it did slightly blind me. I'm, I'm not going to lie under the lights. Uh, but yeah, he's got a bit of swag, Mikel, hasn't he? Like, you know, he's got the, the, the Lego hair. I mean, look, maybe I'm just jealous because my hairline is not like that, let me, let, let me tell you. But, you know, he's got a bit about him, Mikel, hasn't he? He has indeed. He has indeed. And that was a very shiny, uh, fashionable, uh, suave jacket. I think I'm going to put it like that. Um, put it this way. I, I don't think I could pull it off. Um, but Mikel can. Mikel can. Mikel can do anything. Mikel is the magic man. AK says, why didn't Arteta start Alex in goal tonight? Answer is, mate, I, I don't know. I expected him to start um, when I was doing some work in the lead up to this game and um, sort of looking into what I thought the team might be. Um, I was very much backing Alex Renarsson to play, mainly because he played against Dundalk. And I thought that if um, he played against Dundalk, which he did and he did OK, that that would have been maybe enough to convince Mikel that he could play in a game like tonight. But that wasn't the case. Um, so uh, honest answer, I, I don't know why Mikel made the decision he did. I'm sure he'll be asked about it and I'm sure he'll say something along the lines of he wants to have his best player or his best goalkeeper um, in goal. He, Bern Leno's his number one, which is basically the reason that Emi Martinez went um, or one of the reasons that he went was because even... 
when he wanted to play in the Premier League, he couldn't even be guaranteed uh, that he was going to play in the Europa League in the Cups as well. So that was kind of one of the issues and one of the reasons that he's gone. Uh, Stephen Oliver says, I believe in you, Harry. Go buy the jacket. You know what? Thanks to Stephen. I'm going to order one online tomorrow morning. There you go. <laughs> uh, brilliant stuff. Uh, Mike, um, we're going to leave it there, mate, just because um, it is late. We're both shattered. Um, as I said, we're going to be back tomorrow with uh, another uh, little bit of a discussion on this game. I'll be giving you my player ratings. I'm going to be going live at 12.30 p.m. lunchtime. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Come and join me for that. Subscribe if you haven't. Hit the like button. Apologies if I've not got around to your questions. But if you join me tomorrow and stick them in the chat, then we'll get uh, going with those as well. So I'll be bringing you that tomorrow. I'll be bringing you a brand new show tomorrow night. It'll be a pre-record, but it'll be coming out at about 8 p.m. on the channel tomorrow night. And then on Saturday morning, we'll be doing the preview for the game against Aston Villa on Sunday. So until then, um, actually, first of all, Mike, how can people follow you? Sorry, mate. I, I'm so tired. I'm, I'm missing out. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, pieces. yeah, follow me on Twitter. It's Mike uh, at Mike underscore Stabber. Good, good, good stuff, good stuff. Make sure you give Mike a follow. Right, we'll be back very, very soon with more. Until next time, take care. Cheers. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.